Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoma, and I'm your host, Ryan Aber, here with Barry Trammell and Justin Martinez after the Sooners uh, close out a wild 16-13 game over West Virginia, and uh, Barry, we'll start with you and, and start with uh, the thing that I think was on most folks' minds most of the night, which is OU's offensive struggles. Uh, the, the the Sooners after that that very first drive, uh, until the very last drive, really found it difficult to move the ball much at, down the field. What to you was the most concerning thing you saw about OU's offense uh, in this game? I thought it's the offensive line. I thought West Virginia totally controlled the line of scrimmage when OU had the ball. Um, and, you know, with the first three games, first two games, Western Carolina doesn't count. But, you know, I couldn't figure out who was to blame, whether it was receivers, Spencer Rattler, whatever, whatever, whatever. But I, tonight, the, the offensive line sort of really concerned me. I thought Spencer Rattler played okay. He wasn't great. But he didn't have time to do a whole lot. And... That was concerning. Now, West Virginia's D-line is excellent. One of the best in the Big 12. It's possible it's the best in the Big 12 or next to OU. So, and again, will improve. But I'm more concerned about the offensive line now than than at any point this season. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. We saw some different things on the offensive line. We saw Andrew Rame move into the starting lineup. We saw uh, Wanya Morris uh, play a significant amount in the second half. And things did get a little bit better there in the second half, especially when Wanya Morris came in. Uh, but still still not great. They've got to figure out something over there. I don't think there's anything in Bill Biedenboe's resume that makes you think he's not going to figure things out over there, at least to be uh, significantly better. But, yeah, it was hard for Spencer Rattler to find much time, hard for OU's running backs to find much space. Uh, West Virginia gets four sacks tonight. Spencer Rattler had only been sacked, uh, uh, what was it, twice, I think, uh, going in to this game once, Western Carolina once on an uh, intentional grounding uh, in the opener against Tulane. But, uh, you know, OU – just able to get 57 yards on the ground, uh, 38 by Eric Gray, 17 on five carries by Kennedy Brooks. Uh, just not, uh, not, not good at all uh, there for the Sooners. That has got to change if OU is going to get to where they they want to get. Uh, Justin, what about you? Is there what what else? I guess uh, if offensive line is your number one concern, is there? Or is there something else that's your top concern or what's uh, sort of next on the list? Yeah, I mean, without a doubt, the offensive line has to be the top thing. Um, but, you know, I mean, also, I mean, there still is some blame to go on Rattler. I thought he was a little impatient with a couple of these throws. Uh, maybe was trying to force a couple of plays or he might have just been better off throwing it away. Uh, so definitely there's room to improve for him as well. But it does all come back to that offensive line. And I think today was the most uh the game where it was glaring the most, you know, just the run game wasn't able to find too many lanes out there. They struggled as a result. So that's got to be the top priority, figuring things out, whether that be just, you know, it taking time for Andrew Rame to, to get more adjusted at center, um, 
I don't know what the solution is going to be, but without a doubt, that offensive line has to get better if this offense gonna, is going to turn it up. Yeah, it's just hard to see what exactly they do up there, short of now bringing in Ram, now bringing in Wanye Morris. Uh, outside of that, I mean, it, you know, uh, the the names start getting pretty thin unless you bring in a guy like Savion Bird uh, to play right off the bat. We saw where we heard from Bill Biedenboe a lot of really positive things about him. Uh, but you know, we'll see what they decide to do they're moving forward so uh you know clearly they need to be better up front there uh but very a lot of talk leading up to this week about deep balls with this offense with this receiver group uh oh you tried it a little bit especially on back-to-back plays there uh almost got one of them uh to, to to land couldn't quite do it actually almost could have been an interception if West Virginia's players would have uh, moved their eyes up instead of trying to wave off uh, and celebrate. Uh, but the next one went right back to it, was overthrown. How how concerned are you with that? They did have a couple of uh, passes, 35 to Mike Woods, 38 to Eric Gray to, to stretch the field a little bit, the second and third longest passes for the Sooners this year, although neither of the passes were particularly long, especially in Gray's case, Woods was a little bit down the field. Uh, you know, how, how concerned are you about that? Well, it's tied in with the other. You can't throw deep if you don't protect. Right. Rattler hasn't had time, or didn't tonight. He didn't have time to, to uh, set up for the deep ball. Um, so, you know, I think, I think probably our – temper any expectations for the for the deep passing game to return until they figure out a way to protect now i think it's possible they they can figure that out offensive lines often get better or find a rhythm or find a a, a, you know group that really they that wants uh, they want to play so i don't think it's a lost cause but we got a lot of things going on one is scoring is down in college football the game has changed oh, just all of a sudden. This was another short possession game. I had nine possessions per team tonight, um, similar to the Nebraska game. You know, OU actually scored on three of its four second-half possessions. Now, all of them were field goals, but this was a field goal game. And maybe they would have scored a touchdown if they needed one there in the last. They, they set up for a field goal, got all the way to the eight-yard line. But we we can't we can't judge right now, and probably not all year. I don't think we're not going to be able to judge this OU offense against the other offenses uh, of the Lincoln and Riley era. the The game has changed. We can talk about why it's changed, but I don't think we can deny the fact that it has changed. Why do you think that is, Barry? What what do you, you think is the biggest driver in in this change? Well. I don't. Mike Gundy says defenses have are caught up to the offensive revolution of the last four or five years. Um, Lincoln Riley earlier this week wouldn't go that far, but he did say he's seeing better and better defenses. Um, the other thing is there appears to be a little bit of a decline in in uh, in great quarterbacking. I don't know if that's just a result of 
just what happens when the offenses go down. Um, you know, I think OU clearly is not playing as fast as it has in the past. Um, you know, the reasons for that, I don't know. Maybe it's to protect the defense, to enhance the defense, but you factor all these things in. And like I said, it's not just happening at OU. I mean, it's it's a lot of places where people, you know, are having trouble scoring. And um, it's, 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 you know, smarter people than me could figure it out. But I think it's just a lot of different factors that have sort of blossomed overnight. Uh, you still have high-scoring games. Texas lit up Texas Tech today, 70 to 35 or whatever it was. But, uh, you know, it, it's not like it's not like we're seeing nearly as many big-time scores as we saw in the old days. And it's it's become more of an old-fashioned game all of a sudden. So so what's next, Barry? Are you going to bring back the wishbone here? Well, you, you could do it. I mean – if people don't understand the possession and uh, what that does to a game, think back to that Army game. Kyler Murray, that's the it's probably OU's best offense ever. If it's not 1971, it's 2018 with Kyler Murray. Single season OU offense. Yeah. And that was, what was that score in overtime? They went to overtime tied at 24, is that right? Or 21, yeah. whichever it was. I mean, and the reason for that was Oh, you had seven possessions in that game. If you limit possessions, you're going to limit points. Yeah, no doubt about that. The, the game shrinks down. I mean, heck, we saw it with West Virginia's uh, first drive of the game. Heck, we, we've seen it sort of repeatedly against OU uh, early in games this year. Justin, let's shift our attention, though, to, to OU's defense. Yes, they gave up that long drive to start the game, but after that, uh, just fantastic uh, for the Sooners in, in keeping uh, OU in this game and uh, giving its offense a chance to wake up there, uh, you know, in the final four minutes. Yeah, I mean, that was a saving grace for OU without a doubt, just the fact that they the defense was really able to settle in after that first drive and uh, just kind of lock in and, and make things difficult for West Virginia. The Mountaineers actually went three for four on third down conversions um, or attempts in that opening drive. And after that, they only went one for 10. So really you could see that the Sooners defense was settling in, getting those stops was the offense just needed desperately in this game. So credit has to go to them. They definitely were the, uh, the reason why the Sooners were able to avoid the upset today. Yeah, no doubt about it. And Barry, that started up front with the, the defensive line there. We saw Isaiah Thomas, be uh, disruptive, saw, I would say, Nick Benito do what Nick Benito does and, uh, you know, several other instances of those guys really making a difference. Lincoln Riley said that the two defensive lines in this game were the, the, the two dominant units. Obviously, really hard to argue against that. What to you um, is uh, outside of that defensive line group the the most encouraging thing you saw from OU's defense tonight. I didn't think we I didn't think we saw a bunch of West Virginia guys running free in the secondary. Uh, I thought the pass coverage was better. Um, so that's good. Now this is not a high powered West Virginia offense. This is not Geno Smith. Um, 
you know, out there throwing to Tavon Austin and, and those guys. Um, you know, it's it's a, it's a case of uh, West Virginia sort of a grinded out team. They used two quarterbacks tonight. They went with a redshirt freshman, Garrett Green, who helped in the run game some. The opening drive touchdown, he finished off. I think he took the last five snaps. Uh, Green did, but they 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 mostly went with Gar- uh, Jarrett Jarrett Daigie because they had to complete some passes, and OU did, made it very difficult on them. They couldn't throw the ball downfield particularly well. Same thing with Rattler. He didn't Daigie didn't have a lot of time because those guys Winfrey and Thomas and those guys were in on him quick. So I thought if you stuff the run, if you stuff the run and and limit the pass there's not not a lot of other options and the mountaineers ran out of them quick they don't come out with a, a another way to move the football down the field like levitation or anything like that barry yeah i mean quick kick in the old day and they, <laughs> let me tell you we'll know the revolution is in full blast if we start seeing quick kicks <laughs> hey justin i got a question for you do what's you, that you even know what a quick kick is I do not. Is that uh, before my time? It's well before your time. It's way before your time. Teams well, used to punt. Teams used to punt on third down, um, just because they knew they couldn't move the ball, and they figured, "Ah, we'll punt on third down and get our defense back on the field." So, um, <laughs> you don't see people quick kicking. I haven't seen one in 40 years, but we might see it again. You never know. It's uh, what's what's uh, old is new again at, at some point. Uh, very uh, or, uh, Justin starting to look forward here. OU goes on the road next week. The first time that uh, they've been on the road this season. Be the first time that they've uh, a lot of these guys have played in full environments on the road. How big of a concern is that? Uh, for for this team, especially uh, Spencer Rattler, who Rattler's played in a lot of games for the Sooners, but uh, you know, other than some garbage time games, his fre- true freshman year, he hasn't played in a, a true road environment yet. Yeah, definitely. And you add the fact that also, you know, I'm sure he can feel that pressure from the fans now more than it was at the beginning of the season. At the beginning of the season, it was just. You know, Heisman Trophy frontrunner, things like that. Now it's we want Caleb Williams out on the floor or on uh, the field is a chance is coming out. So, yeah, there's definitely pressure on him to go out there and perform. Um, it's going to be, a, you know, a, a tough environment out there at Kansas State where they always, you know, make themselves heard. The fans do. So it's definitely going to be a test for not only Rattler, but just this offense as well to see how they compare when they don't have the home crowd to uh, to back them up. What about you, Barry? How big of a concern is that? Oh, I think it's uh, it's always a concern. Now, you know, we're talking about a game in which a big chunk of the home crowd called for the, you know, called for the quarterback's head tonight. So he's probably looking forward to a road game. So you know, I I don't I I think that'll that'll be okay. Um, you know, Kansas State is a tough place to play. They got a great crowd, fairly tight confines. But um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say the Sooners are going to roll because every game seems to be close. That's the that's the nature of this new kind of football we're seeing. But 
I'll say this. OU's got a big edge at quarterback uh, against K-State. So, you know, if, if, if people want to trade off Spencer Rattler, Kansas State probably taking before next weekend. Well, uh, of course they would, although – uh, I guess Skylar Thompson was throwing before the game up in Stillwater tonight, and I Ooh, saw that'd be interesting. Our uh, friend Kellis Robinette, uh, who covers Kansas State, said that uh, you know there was at least some expectation that if everything goes right, that uh, Skylar Thompson would be able to play against the Sooners next week, which would uh, change that dynamic just a little bit. Because uh, Skylar Thompson has been uh, a Sooners killer the last few seasons, uh, not quite the the crazy numbers that uh, Sam Ellinger put up against the Sooners, but not too far from it either. Yeah, he was really good. He was big time last year, pulling off that upset. Um, you know, it's a game, by the way, that reminds me of today, and that OU's offense was pretty good against K State. If you remember, they got off to that 35-14 lead, and then just sort of Tulane-like just sort of coasted and got caught at the end. Um, but if you remember, Rattler and company trotted onto the field, same as at Iowa State a week later, with a chance to win or tie and didn't get it done. And that happened to Baker Mayfield a couple times. Texas 2015, Iowa State 2017. Was not able to provide a clutch drive. OU plays relatively few close games. Has not been great in you know deep in the fourth quarter of a tight of a tight finish today. Rattler and company go out there, and things were things were tense, things were tight, and they got it done. That, that last drive was exquisite. I thought no third downs until they're just setting up for a field goal. So, um, to me, that's a very good sign. The poise that they finished with, um, and uh, I, to me, if you're looking for a positive, that that was it. Is the offense was not very good, but when it needed to be, it was. Yeah, and that's what we heard from Lincoln Riley afterwards, just the fact that that last drive happened, uh, like I said earlier, from the eight to the eight they got where they kicked the field goal, uh, were, were able to uh, gain a little bit of momentum offensively and, and feel better about themselves for the way they finished because that's been a, a topic of conversation around this team for a few years that uh, they can't finish uh, finish off, especially against decent teams. You know, West Virginia isn't uh, a powerhouse this year, but certainly they're a team that can come up and, and bite you, which Kansas State can too. So we'll see. Justin, though, when you look at the overall picture of the Big 12, it's hard not to still say, at least on some level, that OU is the favorite. But what do you make about what happened in the Big 12 as a whole today? With uh, you know, we saw Texas play a whole lot better. Casey Thompson had put up fantastic numbers. TCU falls to Tanner Mordecai, Grant Calcaterra, and SMU, and then uh, Baylor upsets the apple cart a little bit and knocks off uh, Iowa State there. Yeah, I mean it's kind of been changing on a week-to-week basis on who is the biggest threat for OU. You know, you enter the season, it's probably a team like Iowa State. Um, Texas falls off after that loss to Arkansas, but now it looks like they're bouncing back with Thompson there at quarterback. So it's definitely changing right now. OU just still has to be the favorite because they're the only ones that are, you know, going through their problems and still winning in the process. So 
without a doubt, they've got to be the favorites. But there are other teams like, you know, like the Cyclones, like the Longhorns that still have to be uh, a real competitor for this title. What what about you, Barry? What do you think about what's going on in the Big 12? You do your power rankings every week. What do you what do you think right now that that looks like uh, when you start putting those together? Well, I tell you, um, I wish you looked better today. Texas looked better today. Iowa State was sort of debunked as a contender. They hadn't looked good. They lose in Waco. Enough about Iowa State. TCU couldn't stop couldn't stop uh, SMU at all. So to me, the uh, the contenders list sort of changed. Um, West Virginia, I think, from of anybody, the way they play defense today, you know, it's not just OU that's struggling on offense. Everybody's, to some degree, has done the same. So, I, I think uh, I don't know that we've uh, we've shortened the number of Big Twelve contenders, but we've changed it a little bit. And um, you know, OU because of pedigree um, is probably at the top of the list still, but you know, Texas. Looked really good against Tech. OSU looked really good against Kansas State. So um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes from here. I'm interested in Baylor. You know, I'm not a big fan of Dave Aranda, but you know, maybe he's maybe he's the new Matt Rule. You know, Matt Rule had a rough first year. Dave Aranda had a rough first year. Second year, they got pretty good. Third year, they were a great team. So. Uh, certainly impressed with Baylor today, uh, knocking off the Cyclones. Yeah, Baylor did look good, so we'll see what happens in that one. I, I, you know, you look at the schedule though. This this two game stretch right here uh, for OU. These next couple come up with uh, this game at Kansas State and then Texas. Uh, looks like one that could sort of define what happens for the Sooners in uh, a lot of areas, but uh, certainly in their race to get back to the Big 12 championship game and uh, extend that streak of uh, conference titles. But uh, just parting thoughts, Justin, we'll let you start off. What else What else do we haven't talked about uh, stands out to you, whether it's about this game, about the Big 12, about college football in general? Um, I think just in terms of this game, still trying to figure out who the top wide receiver is going to be on this team. It really has changed. It's on a game-to-game basis. Um, you know, we saw Mike Woods have a pretty good game today. Uh, we've seen Marvin Mims have some games. We've seen Mario Williams. We've even seen Jaden Hazelwood. So trying to figure out who that top threat is for OU is still something that's uh, in the works. And then, yeah, just in terms of the bigger picture with the conference, it's just that, you know, that a lot of teams have shown glimpses of being real competitors uh, for this title. It's just going to be a matter of which team can figure out how to do it consistently to really give the Sooners a run for the title. What about you, Barry? Uh, final parting thoughts here. Uh, Mike Woods is really good. I was impressed with him. I thought he's OU's best offensive player today. Maybe he's just fired up about his Razorbacks. I don't know, but um, – <laughs> That's not really germane in a big way to what we've been talking about, but we hadn't mentioned his name and hadn't talked much about him. I was really impressed with him. So um, I liked I liked what I saw out of the receivers, particularly Michael Woods. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with uh, everything both y'all said. I'll, I'll stick with the receivers. I think OU's got to get uh, Marvin Mims and Austin Stogner going. You know, I, I look back at what they were able to do last year early in the season and uh, the, the amount of catches that Stogner had, especially. And it wasn't just red zone chances where you throw to the big guy to, to get a first down or to get a touchdown after everybody else drives down the field. Austin Stogner was stretching the field in a lot of ways, whether it was his route running or his ability to catch after the ball. I think that sort of got overlooked uh, in, in uh, some of that, those struggles that the Sooners had putting games away early. Stogner's contributions. I think they've got to get him going. Got him a touchdown tonight to open up with. Uh, then only targeted him a couple more times. Didn't catch either one of those balls. And then Marvin Mims, I know that moving inside has, has hurt his ability to go downfield. We've talked so much about the protection issues. But, uh, you know, as good as some of these other guys are, Mike Woods, Mario Williams, Jaden Hazelwood, uh, I, I think they've got to find a way to get Marvin Mims the ball in space more and make him a bigger part of this uh, passing game uh, if they are to turn a corner and, and make big progress offensively. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, we're going to wrap it up here there on the Sooners Extra Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You can check out our work every day at Oklahoman.com and every morning in the Oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere.